It's time for the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Tom Baker. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Stock Car Show here on the Performance Motorsports Network and Spreaker, both uh, live. And, of course, we are inside the Race Chaser Studios here in Mooresville, North Carolina. And we are kicking off an evening of motorsports conversation that is set to include Tyler Ankrum, who is joining us in studio tonight for the show. But because Tyler missed the pre-show production meeting, we are putting him in a 15-minute microphone hold and therefore he will not be on the air until sometime shortly after 7:15. with that we also make a note that we are being joined by uh, a little later in the program via the telephone by colby the kid howard and if you don't know the name colby howard you're going to shortly colby is a simpsonville south carolina resident who is 16 years old and has made his mark in the late model stock cars down here in the South. He is a third-generation racer, and he is making his debut in the ARCA Racing Series this weekend at Salem on the High Banks, driving for Mason Mitchell Motorsports. So Colby will be joining us via the telephone later on. But uh, meantime, we kick the show off with our roundtable. My name is Tom Baker. I am the owner and CEO of Race Chaser Media. I am joined by Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport News and Chris Murdoch and Cisco Scaramuza joining us via the Race Chaser Skype line. And we have a lot to talk about here, but we're going to kick it off with some conversation about the NASCAR K&M Pro Series East race that uh, took place at Bristol last Saturday night. Uh, Frigid, cold temperatures and uh, all. They uh, put on, well, it was a show. Uh, We'll just leave it at that. Jacob, you were there. And uh, it was definitely not boring. No, it was not boring. In fact, I would argue it's the furthest thing from boring. (laughs) This K&M Pro Series East race was, what shall we call it? Exciting to say the least, and by the end of it, it was, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. It was a little bit of a crash fest, guys. We tore up a lot of things in the last 25 laps of that race, and when it was all said and done, some Gilligan's Island, I mean Todd Gilliland kid, won again. Yeah, Todd Gilliland uh, definitely won again, and Harrison Burton finished second again, just the way they uh, finished at New Smyrna. And for those of, for those who are listening to this in podcast form after it's live air, we do air live at 7 p.m. Eastern on Thursday nights. And as this particular show is airing live, there is an event going on up at uh, – Larry King Law's Langley Speedway. Say that five times fast. Yes, Larry King Law's Langley Speedway uh, in Hampton, Virginia. It is the Denny Hamlin Short Track Showdown presented by Toyota and FedEx. And uh, there are about uh, 33 late model stocks set to go at it about 8.30 Eastern or so, maybe 9 o'clock on um, fanschoice.tv. So 
If you'd like to catch some of that live broadcast, it's free. Just turn the sound down because you want to listen to us. I mean, we're going to keep you updated on what's going on with that um, as uh, we go into and through the second hour of our program here tonight. So uh, that definitely a nice way to kick off the Richmond racing weekend where the Xfinity series and the Cup series will be in action. The trucks still uh, on vacation, if you Yeah, will. why do we have to have a month-long break? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's, um, it's We wrecked too many of Martinsville. Interesting yeah. way that... Uh, Good job, sister. Yeah, I guess. Interesting way that NASCAR schedules uh, the, the, the trucks. They, um, they run them for two, three shows and give them a week or two off. Then they run them for another show or two and give them a month off. So I don't know quite how all that works. But anyway, um, starting with the uh, K&M Pro E-Series race, which, as you said, Jacob, was won by Todd Gilliland. And we have sound from the winner. So let's get right to it and hear Todd Gilliland talking about his second victory in two starts in the series this year. Philip and Todd are fighting over trophies, and Todd, you just won your second K&M Pro Series East race to start the season, and you're not even running for points this year. Come on, man, you're stealing the little kid's lunch money now. I don't know about that. We're still a little kid here. Um, <laughs> we haven't, haven't really... Good job, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we can still... Uh... Did you get that sword? Yep, right over there. Yeah, so I think... Overall, I, you know, I'm just excited that we can keep coming over here and getting really good experience racing against guys I'll be racing against all year. And um, uh, overall, just a, a huge confidence booster. Was there any nerves fighting your teammate at the end, that last restart with Noah? I mean, the outside lane just worked for you. Yeah, you could just get such a big run off turn two there. Um, we felt pretty confident on the outside, but you never know. If, anytime you can give someone the inside, they can always use you up or something. But... Um, it was all about restarts and uh, just trying to get, you know, even half a car ahead. Uh, I figured we could probably clear them at that point, but um, it's all about uh, all about the restarts. Was staying out at the competition break to gain the track position there for the last 50 laps was that the key? Uh, I think we had a really fast car anyway. Um, you know, we were just kind of riding there behind Noah, and then we knew we were really loose that first 50 laps and then after that we came in made a really good adjustment and uh you know from there we were riding until that second break because we knew if tyler passed me or if i was riding second he was still gonna have to pit so um it's all about being smart feeding the most information that they can to me and um yeah just overall uh, a really smart race because i'm curious do you know when your next one is with your dad is there a next one this year uh, i don't think we're gonna run any more k&n races but i'd say our next race will probably be an arca race at charlotte and um, I'm really excited about that. We're building a new car and um, getting some mile and a half experience. Breaking news. Breaking news. Wow. So recap that for those of uh, those who missed it. Uh, recap what's going on with young master Gilliland that is breaking news. Young Master Gilliland is going to be driving for his dad, i.e. for DGR Crosley, in the ARCA Racing Series event at Charlotte on Memorial Day weekend, the Thursday of that weekend, immediately following Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series pole night for the Coca-Cola 600. As he referenced in the interview a minute ago, no more K&N races 
at least he doesn't think this season for his dad because <laughs> his focus now, once we get into the month of May, is going to be on the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series ride that he's got with Kyle Busch Motorsports. But an extra mile and a half track race in that ARCA race at Charlotte, the possibility of a couple more, any experience is good experience, right? Well, it is, and I think that the fact that he's kind of heading in that direction, I mean, the ARCA series is more, I think, in line even with the Cup Series in terms of, you know, horsepower, et cetera. So um, I think that's great for Todd. Happy to see that he doesn't plan to run any more K&N races, not because uh, in, in any disrespect meant to, for Todd, but he's just at a point now where I don't know that K&N really is much of a challenge for him, and I think he needs – to step up and into the next level, um, you know, and, and so I think that's a good way to do it, to take the ARCA car and go to Charlotte. I'm sure he'll be very, very fast there. DGR Crossley has phenomenal equipment, um, you know, at, at every level, really, and, you know, that's going to be fun, I'm sure, for him to get that start. Yes, yeah, stop and consider that his win at Bristol on Saturday in the Zombie Audio 150, what? Wow, let me try that again. In the Zombie Auto 150, there, there we go, it was his 20th career K&N Pro Series win in 50 career K&N Pro Series starts across both the East and West. That is a batting average of 400, and that is about as good as anybody that's ever walked through the NASCAR K&M Pro Series that has gone 50 or more starts. I mean, nowadays it's not common to uh, stay in the series that long, but Todd got a very early start and has done very well for himself. Dominated the race, Tom, but it wasn't without its challenges. Uh, Noah Gregson started on the pole, led the first 53 laps before they made some adjustments that just unfortunately made his car really, really evil. And then there was one of them there, team cars, that Todd had to deal with uh, in the second half of that race. Yeah. I who may or may not have missed a production meeting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we can, uh, we'll, 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 we'll release Tyler from his 15-minute broadcast hold uh, a little early here so we can get him on the microphone because, you know, You're we, in we just want to talk to him, you know. Uh, but see, when you, you know, miss the pre-show production meeting, this is what you get. You get a 15 minute broadcast hold and don't get to come on until 715. So, uh, but we'll let you on a few minutes early, Tyler Anchor. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> it's good to be here. Yeah. It's, uh, kind of had a little bit of fluke there. I'm sitting there on the couch doing laundry and, uh, you're doing laundry from the couch. Yeah. I, mom asked me to, I, I kind of got in trouble with leaving my clothes on the floor, so I ended up now, in now his stories <laughs> get switched up. See, now well, now the, his stories see, get switched up. He's changing stories on us here. Well, yeah. now, see, now we're, figure, we're we're learning about what goes on in Tyler's home during the week. Yeah, Tyler so leaves was, his clothes all the floor, all over the floor. I was just doing laundry, and I got a text from Jake. Was like, "Hey, are you on your way?" I was like, "Yeah, seventeen fifteen, right?" He's like, "No." <laughs> I was like, "Dang, grab my car keys and go." Seven o'clock for years. Late. Yeah. It's all right. We'll let it go this time, but don't let it happen again, mister. I will not. So, okay. So, uh, let me, let me fire one quick question at you. Go. You had a, a really good run at Bristol, a good opportunity. What, tell us just first, 
before we go to break, what was it like to race Bristol in a K&N car? Uh, Bristol in a K&N car. Hmm. There's, honestly, there's a bunch of different words you can describe a K&N car at Bristol. But I'd say the main the main word I'd use is intense. Uh, that's, how, that's how you just, just describe Bristol in a K&N car. And I went there last year in the super late model. Yep. Super late model is a second faster than K&N car, but it drives like an Indy car. It's got a ton more downforce. Yeah. It's lighter. Uh, it's got a lot more left side weight. So it turns a lot easier. It turns a lot easier. Yep. It's got a lot more drive. So, you know, almost driving a super compared to K&N car at Bristol is almost like a walk in the park. So even though you're slower, they're a lot heavier and they're a lot harder to handle. You can make a mistake a lot easier, especially that Bristol, uh, they narrowed the grip strip, grip strip on the bottom of the racetrack. It, was, it ended up being, last year was like what, a car width and a half or something okay. like that. And then this year it was one width and you know, had a tire patch on the black on the bottom. So it was a lot tougher to make a mistake, you know, get knocked up in the gray and just uh, lose a lot of time track, track position. We'll talk about all of that more in detail around the turn. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by our friends at HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Check them out on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. We'll be back with more of the show in just a moment here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. 
Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, I'm Noah Gregson, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Okay, so I have an anecdote here as we come back out of break, live on Spreaker and PMN. Hang on. Today's word of the day is anecdote. Go ahead. That's also a short story for those who uh, aren't familiar with the fact that I try to use at least one big word per show. Now, Noah Gregson brought us out of break. However, Noah Gregson, after starting on the pole, setting a new track record by six-tenths of a second, at Bristol Motor Speedway during K&N East qualifying, and I want to ask Tyler about that in a minute, but he led 53 laps, and then in Noah's own words as he was uh, sitting on the pit wall and also in his own words sulking after the race, said that his race car in the last 50 laps was the most evil thing he's ever driven, Tom. It was not fun, and that is also why he did not catch Todd Gilliland to try and win the race. I would imagine that something probably very similar to what Bubba Wallace was saying about the 43 yes. after that rest- and, restart when he took the lead, he was leading yeah. for a while, dropped to the back like a stone. Yeah, um, and Noah said it was his own fault, too. He called for an adjustment that he thought would work, and it just didn't. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's unfortunate, uh, but boy, what a qualifying lap he put down. Tyler, why didn't you go that fast? That's a very good question because <laughs> when, when I got out of that car, I thought I had laid an unholy lap down. I thought I went so fast, and it's like, where did I qualify? Fourth? Like, what? <laughs> How? And then he oh goes my, out and drops yeah. six tenths. Uh, yeah and it's kind of like you're looking going okay what have you got in your boot <laughs> yeah exactly you know but all of us dgr cars we had fast cars all weekend we qualified all of our cars all three of our cars in the top four which was really good i think uh, noah got the pole and todd was third i was fourth and that's actually almost how we finished too but todd went one and noah finished third i finished fourth so it was overall a really good weekend for uh dgr crosley you know that's it's actually really tough to do to put all team cars in the top five. Well, yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, when MDM went over to Nashville and swept the top three spots in yeah. the ARCA race last week, it was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that the the level of performance that you have to get out of every, you know, people think, well, there's three cars, one team. Well, not really. I mean, yes, it's all under one shell, just like Hendrick Motorsports or whatever, but they're three separate teams. Mm-hmm. and. For you guys to all be that even, even um, that's pretty pretty amazing, honestly, and and great performances by all of you. Particularly, you know, you being there for the first time in the K and N car to do that well. I mean, you've you've probably been in large part the show in each of the first two K and M Pro Series starts. I mean. We, it, this has to be a little more than you could have anticipated. 
Yeah, a little bit. You know, after after the race, I got a lot more tension than I thought I would. Uh, it, it was it was kind of funny because I was really the, a lot of people told me I didn't I didn't really know this, but a lot of people told me that I was the only person that could really pass on the top side. You know, having that grip strip on the bottom, I mean, that's really what people committed to because right. there's not a whole lot of grip on top of the racetrack and. It's actually funny because I went up to the spotter stand. The Xfinity race was right before the K&N race, and I went up there, and I just started watching uh, drivers. I was scanning Cole Custer, and I started watching Christopher Bell and how he can run that high line, and I was, I just, I was watching and watching him and just trying to pick apart his, his, the lap he'd make around the racetrack on the top side. And I said, in the K&N race, I got to do that because that's really, you know, that was really the only way he could pass because he'd get behind the cars on the bottom, and you just wrap that bottom, and you have no downforce on your nose. You just get aero tight, as we say. And it's overall just a hard racetrack to pass on. And that leads me into my next question, Tyler, because I remember talking to you at the beginning of the year and how you were excited to get this season underway. Now we're two races in. We moved to Langley, then Sobo, and you talk about getting all that attention. Is that kind of a confidence booster and how well you've been been doing out there? Is that kind of a confidence booster in the, the first half of this season to keep doing well and keep pushing and, and keep you motivated? Absolutely. You know, I, I never expected to perform. I shouldn't say I. We would have performed uh, so early in the season. You know, I wasn't really looking for uh, the finishes or the performance we have been getting. You know, I thought I was going to do a lot worse, but, you know, coming out of the DGR Crosley stall, I mean, like, like Tom said earlier, they have fantastic equipment and they work their rear ends off over there. Every single time I come over there, they were working late. They're throwing wrenches the, all the time. And they work really hard, which I'm probably most thankful for. You know, you know, they don't leave a stone untouched over there at that race shop. They make sure everything's good. I mean, even before Bristol, I, mean, I think I went over there for, uh, four days straight, and my car was on the pull-down rig for three straight days. Wow. They, that's how long they set up set up that car. And they did the same. They did the same thing with uh, Cole and Todd's car. Actually, we had we had uh, I think we all had the same setups before when we went there, just as baselines. Uh, and I think that's that goes to show again how fast we were. You know, they know what they're doing. Right. And they really have their stuff to get over there. Uh, st- oh, they have their stuff over there put together very well. Tyler, you and I talked about this, and I had to chuckle when I pinned you kind of on the victory lane ramp there after you had gotten done uh, congratulating Todd on Saturday evening. You looked a little surprised that there was this little huddle of media that wanted to talk to you, but we wanted to talk to you with a lot of good reason because if you throw out Todd and you throw out Harrison, who we both know at least at this point are not running for the championship, though Harrison didn't totally shut that door, you're the points leader right now, and you don't have a full-time schedule confirmed yet either. We know for sure you said on Saturday that you're going to Langley here next weekend. Now, you go out and you're still the points leader outright at that point? <laughs> what do you do then? I know you guys are actively chasing sponsorship to fill this season out, but you know, winning and contending for wins, this is a pretty good way to tug on some sleeves and go, hey, we really need to keep doing this. Yeah, it, it, would, be, it would be fantastic. I mean, to, to be able to come out of Langley, uh, to win a race or come out with the points lead, it would, be, uh, it would be fantastic. And not only for that, you know, if you went to a sponsor and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're leading the K&N points right now when we just came off a win. You know, if you want to pitch a few dollars at us our way, that would be awesome. So it's it's tough to say because what will we do? Because, you know, every, 
I want to go racing. I want to go race full full sure. full time supers. Full time. I want to race every weekend. Honestly, I just want to do. I love racing. And that's what I want to do. And but you know, uh, if it means that we can't get sponsorship and we get sponsorship next year, that's what you got to do. And so you know what? And we're prepared to do that. Well, here's the interesting question, though. The sixty-four thousand dollar question is: How much do you take away from the super budget? to toss at the K&M budget now with the success that you've shown early in the K&M series. Obviously, you know, I believe that you would have had a good shot at winning New Smyrna had you not had all the issues and had to keep coming from the back. It seems like about every 50 laps or so, it's like, oh, here I go again. Um, You know, and and you certainly had a shot at Bristol. Mm -hmm. You know, at what point do you kind of say, well, you know what, let's just – toss our eggs it, it all in one basket here and see if we can pull this off. And that's actually, that's my dad's probably, that's my dad's probably favorite word when it comes to talking about spending and racing, you know, that's the one thing he doesn't want to do is put all of his eggs in one basket. Cause if you do that, you can go broke in two, three years, then you've done, sure. done with racing forever. And so that's what we really don't want to do. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. Just trying to keep me inside a race car, you know, I think my dad and the sponsors that we would have uh, could do a full season of K&N, but that's 14 races a year. That's not a whole lot of racing in one year. And I, I don't really feel like to stay sharp as a knife behind the wheel, you'd have to you know, keep on racing when you're not, or feeling in behind K&N. So you, you would rather do less – well, let me rephrase the – the, the question, you would rather maintain a certain quantity of super late model starts, even if it means not running the full season and therefore not running for the K&M Pro East Championship. It's tough to say, you know, it, it would definitely be smarter to do that instead. You know, that way you're, you know, you're saving money and you're not going to be, you know, laying on the side of 77 broke <laughs> in about a year. So, uh, you know. We're just going to see how it is. Right now, we're focused on the now. I really want to link win Langley. I have five or six starts there in the late model, and I haven't finished outside the top five there yet at that racetrack. So you have a lot of confidence there. Actually, it's funny because my rookie year in the late model, my very first race there, I lost the race by half a car length. It was ranked in like the top ten, one wow. of the best races of the year. So. All I got to say is, Tom, if you want a better answer to the question that you asked Tyler about two minutes ago before he went on his long-winded spiel there, (laughs) just ask him after Langley is over and he's more likely than not leading the points, and he might have a better answer for you at that juncture. Well, it just, you know, there comes that point where Mm -hmm. you have – you, you just get to the crossroads. And yeah. You either, you know, you go one way or you go it's the other. It's a good problem to have. And exactly. stop and consider this. Todd Gilliland leads the championship through two races. Harrison Burton is second. We know both of those guys have truck rides, and they're not running yep. for points. Tyler sits third, basically, as the de facto points leader. Spencer Davis is five points back in fourth. He doesn't have a full schedule confirmed. Brandon McReynolds is fifth. He confirmed this week that even if he wanted to run the full schedule, he's got other obligations that prevent him from running the full schedule. Tyler Dipple is sixth. He left his full-time ride with Rhett Jones. We don't know for sure whether he's going to end up being on tour full 
full time. The first guy that we know 100% is committed to this entire schedule sits in seventh is Ronnie Bassett Jr., Tom. This is a almost unprecedented position, I feel like, for the K&M Pro Series East to be in. We have never had this before. Yeah, a lot of part-timers. Um, you know, and it, and it just – it's happened just because, you know, for example, Harrison – Burton is kind of caught in the middle of an age gap. Um, you know, Todd Gilliland is still trying to fill in shows before he goes to the truck, more or less, full-time. Um, you know, you've got a number of people who just aren't in a position at this moment to commit to the full season. Um, it's an interesting year, to say the least, for the K&M Pro East Series. We don't usually have these situations, but, you know, it's it's got to be sort of, awkward to say the least to be Ronnie Bassett and know that okay I haven't been really all that impressive but I may be just impressive yeah. enough to be the points leader right. in a couple of races if the rest of these guys uh, start falling out because they have to miss shows so um, we'll talk more with Tyler Ankrum and of course we've got a lot of news on the newswire Ford it was all over the news this week, and we'll talk about that. But we've got uh, Colby the Kid coming up next. Colby Howard going to join us via the Race Chaser Hotline around the turn to talk about his debut in the ARCA Series this weekend at Salem. You're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. We'll be right back. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. 
What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can visit them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And we have on the Race Chaser Hotline, Colby the Kid, Colby Howard, joining us once again on the program, first time in 2018, and for a really good reason. Colby is making a leap from the NASCAR wheeling all-American late model stock cars to the heavier ARCA series stock cars, and he's getting his initiation at Salem. Colby, if you're going to debut in the ARCA series, this is about as nuts of a racetrack as you could possibly ask for to to do that. Uh what, talk about what it was like to go test there with Mason Mitchell. You're going to be in the number 78 this weekend. Talk about what it was like to test at Salem because that track has got to be wild in an ARCA car. Yeah, man. Like you said, this track is crazy. Um, my first my first time hearing about like the track they wanted to go to Salem, and you know, we were talking to some of my some of my family and uh crew members on my late model team and everybody we talked to was talking about how bad fast this track was and you know it just made me want to get out there even more um <laughs> but when we went out there uh, thursday it it was it was pretty intimidating honestly you know we did a few laps in the in the car when we got there with mason and he, you know, he showed me the line showed me what to do what not to do stuff like that and i finally got out there it really wasn't that bad um it was just really rough but it's nothing like anything I've ever been on. It's 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 a different animal out there compared to everything else I've been on in a late model, and it just makes me want to gather even more and ready to race this weekend. Well, you're you really have to you're running the top of the racetrack, right? I mean that's 
that's kind yeah. of what's hard about it is, you know, it's almost counterintuitive and you, you've got all this extra horsepower that you aren't used to and the bigger, heavier car and, you know, your spatial judgment of how close you are to the wall is different. And um, it, it just has to be a lot, you know, visually and, and mentally to take in. Um, and, and then n- not to mention you're, you're going to put, you know, a couple dozen other cars out there with you when you get there this weekend. Um, that's got to be quite a trip. Yeah, yeah, like you said, you know, you're you're running the the outside and tracks like that really suit my style of racing. I really love tracks that you can get up there and run up on the outside. And this track, that's the that's the main line you run out there in three and four, and then you're about right in the middle of um one and two. But on in the race, they were talking about you can you can move up a little bit, but it just gets so rough up there you can't really run right against the wall like you do in three and four. But it just seems like I've I've had a lot of success. You're running the top groove on later on in races like Myrtle Beach Speedway yeah. and Tri County Motor Speedway, so I'm really looking forward to you know on in the race where I can really show like my skills of running the outside like that and on worn out tires. Well, it's going to be interesting because of course you know a whole different race pace and level of competition in this series versus you know what you're used to at the other tracks. Uh, what was it like the first time you went out there with that car? I mean, you had to have been like, oh, my goodness, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty crazy. I, was, I went out there, and, you know, I just kind of uh, uh, stood my line there for just a lap or two, just getting used to everything. And I started working my tires, and I think it's like 33-degree banking, and working your tires on that, you feel like you're going to spin out, just working them up the banking like that. So it was kind of nerve-wracking, really. But once I got up to speed, um, just diving that thing off into three and four on that new pavement, it just sucks you right down the seat. And then you're right back in the gas real hard, just digging right, right right, around the wall, coming off and flying down the front stretch. So it's it's crazy. There's really no way to explain it other than just get out there yourself. It's it's just so, so hard to describe what you're feeling out there. Colby try that again. Colby, talk a little bit about how all of this came together for you to drive for Mason Mitchell because I know obviously this car has had a couple of different uh, drivers in the seat and uh, you get to join that cast. So uh, talk a little bit about the process to get this put together and what it's like driving for Mason this weekend. It really started back in 2016 when I was racing limited late models. I raced a late model stock race at Greenville Pickens in the Cars Tour Series, and we met this guy, JR, who now works for um, Mason, but then he owned, or still does, owns a um, managing company, and we always wanted to work a deal with him. We, we tried to for two years, and we, you know, we just never could get the money to uh, um, settle anything with him, and then um, uh, later... Uh, about two months into 2018, he called and asked if we'd be interested in um, in doing this with Mason driving an ARCA car. So that's really how it started back in 2016, meeting JR. And now that JR works for Mason as a PR guy, it, and he called, it, that just put everything together. And, of course, Kobe went, mm, gosh, I don't know. Yes. 
Exactly. The, I don't. The, there was never any question, was there, Colby, when this came about uh, exactly uh, what you were going to say. I, I believe if uh, anybody in your shoes had the opportunity to drive a Mason Mitchell Arca car, they take it in about two seconds flat. <laughs> yeah, I remember I got home from school one day. I walked in the front door, and my dad looked at me, and he said, you know, I just got a weird phone call. I said, what was it? And he said, JR just called and wanted to know if you wanted to race an ARCA car for Mason Mitchell Motorsports. And I just looked at him and I said, when can we go and test? <laughs> yeah, I can be ready in a exactly. half hour. Typical driver. <laughs> Give me 30 minutes, I'll be ready. Um, well, you know, this this is really good timing for you because you've had a you know, you've had a year and some change in the late model stocks. You, you picked up a, a win at Greenville. Um, you really had a good season last year, even though, you know, it wasn't about victory lane as much as just pure consistency. Um, now you get a chance to taste the next level. It, it feels like this is a nice time for you to make that leap and explore what, what's going on up there in, you know, preparation for maybe another race or two this year, or if not, you know, maybe a, a more of a schedule in 19. Yeah. Like you said, I've been running a lot of late model races. I think last year I raced 44 races, and, you know, we won the South Carolina Rookie of the Year title and second yep. overall in state. So I've got a lot of experience on, you know, these worn-out short tracks um, in South Carolina. And I really think uh, Salem would be a good fit for me to go. You know, I really like fast tracks. I I do pretty good on those, I think, and especially the, the banking and the worn-outness uh, of the track really suits my style. So I'm really excited to, you know, make this leap and see what I can do out there. Describe, Colby, for those in our audience who maybe have never been behind the wheel or are listening and curious, describe the difference for you between driving the late models that you're used to and what you experienced testing the ARCA car, because obviously it's a whole different world at that level than it is driving the late models. Yeah, like you said, you know, the ARCA cars weigh a lot more. Um, our late model stock cars weigh about 3,100 pounds, and um, the ARCA cars are 34 without the driver. And uh, on our cars, we have six piston, six piston brace, uh, brakes, and on a late model stock car, we have one piston. So you have a lot more braking, but you have a lot more speed and weight for the ARCA car. Um, in a late model stock car, you have about 450 horsepower, and uh arca car you have 725 uh late models are um are bias ply uh hoosier tires and then um arca cars are general tire uh radials i think probably that's the biggest dif uh, difference the radial and the bias yeah, ply for sure um you know a lot stiffer sidewall so you can't really really afford much slip in it there's like a fine line of of going way over that line and you're right around. So I think that's probably the biggest thing and the power. Colby, uh, I know Tom kind of referenced it a little bit earlier. If this goes well at Salem this weekend, is there a possibility? Uh, it, would there be a hope that we might see you back in the car for another race later in the year? Or are you guys uh, looking more towards 2019 before you uh, think too far down that road? Um, we've already talked about it with the team, and it was kind of funny. When I got um, in Louisville, Kentucky, when I landed, we got in the car with Mason and JR, and we were going down to the hotel, and they looked back, and they told me, 
they said, they said, Colby, you don't know it yet, but you're going to be racing Toledo and Iowa. Um, so there's definitely an opportunity for me to get by, behind the wheel again. I'd really like to have some success uh, at Salem to get you know some sponsors' attention because I don't know if we'll be able to do uh, two more races or one more race because this, this stuff is just so expensive. We just might not be able to do it, and we just really need some sponsors to come on board with us to do some more. Well, speaking of sponsors, talk a little bit about who's making this opportunity for you this weekend possible. This weekend's really coming out of pocket. Um, we have the Howard Family Foundation on board this weekend. It's a foundation that um, my dad and my stepmom uh, came up with. So that's really, it's really out of pocket this weekend. That's like, like what I was talking about. Um, we just really need sponsors to keep going. Well, I know that uh, you're a third-generation driver, and for those in our audience not familiar with your dad and your grandpa, talk a little bit about them, because in your family, talent is definitely hereditary. <laughs> um, my grandpa, Buddy Howard, is a four-time uh, champion at Greenwood Pickens Speedway, and my dad raced just about everything, up from late models, Baby Grand, to all the way up to the Bush Grand National Series, and... So all, racing has always been in my family, even my great-grandfather, but it mainly really started with my grandpa. Well, it uh, certainly did in a very big way, and uh, you've had uh, a really, really strong career so far, uh, being just 16 and already testing the waters here in the Arca Series, and we're certainly wishing you all the best, man. Good luck. You're in good equipment. You know, go there and bring it home in one piece, and uh, that way you got something to show for, you know, the next one or two that you're going to do later in the year, and we hope that that all works out for you as well. So uh, we appreciate you taking some time to be with us and wish you all the best in your initiation into the Arca Series, bud. I know you got the talent. It's just a matter of going there and staying out of trouble and logging laps and learning. Yeah, man, thank you. Wish us some luck this weekend. Definitely will, and uh, look forward to seeing what uh, Colby can do in that start. He is definitely a talent, for sure. We'll step aside when we come back. We've got more with Tyler Ankrum, and we've got a long, long newswire full of things to talk about as we nudge toward our second hour here on the Stock Car Show, presented by HMS Motorsport. We will return very shortly here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, 
BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Just an infectious piano riff right there, courtesy of Jim Croce. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman, Chris Murdoch, Cisco Scaramuza, and joined in studio by Tyler Ankrum. And let's hit the newswire here. We can get... Uh, Tyler can feel free to jump in whenever you'd like. Bud. Oh, you but, know uh, I will. We're, we're, gosh, I don't even know where to start, so I'm just going to pick somewhere. All right. Can we start somewhere that Cisco can talk so we can take his muzzle off? Because I think mm. he's getting bored. Well, I think he can talk about this. Uh, Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's not a Ford fan. Yo, dog, Ford. I heard you like Mustangs, so I we got Mustangs yeah. and Mustangs and some this. more Mustangs. Yeah, this uh, the Newswire this week was brought to you by Ford Performance. Uh, it's an Oprah show. You get a Mustang. You get a Mustang. Everybody gets a Mustang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, we were all speculating as to whether, of course, Roger Penske basically told us at Daytona that Ford was uh, going to have a new chassis or a new body for next year. Um, I'm not sure if Ford knew that yet, but regardless, uh, now it has come to pass. And we kind of speculated for a minute or two there over this this week, as a matter of fact, around the office here that, well, geez, I don't know. Ford started off so well. Maybe they'll just leave it alone. <laughs> and about 24 hours later, nope, not going to happen. New Mustang coming to Cup. <laughs> new Mustang coming to NHRA and new Mustang coming to supercars. It is pretty much like an Oprah show, Chris, now that I lay it out like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I was, you know, and what else were they going to go to in Ford with uh, the Mustang? I even <laughs> told Jacob because we were texting about it throughout the week. I was like, what else are they going to go to? The Taurus? No, they're going to go with the Mustang. Well, they're, and they're it was at, a great show. It was, a, the it was a great a while. choice. And, and uh, I, I was very happy when I heard the announcement. You you should have saw me when I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw NASCAR post it. And I was like, yay, yeah. it's finally happening. Because I know we had talked about it, Tom. You you thought they were just going to leave it alone with how good Stuart Haas and all the other Fords have been this uh, this year. But I was like, I, I'm, I'm ready for change. Well, Cisco, this really, for me, 
is like Christmas because I'm a huge Mustang fan. That's my muscle car. And I just think the Mustangs in Xfinity look far cooler than any of the other bodies. And the fact that they're bringing that into cup, but also I don't want to detract from either the NHRA or supercars because the Australian supercars thing is a much bigger deal than most people would think because, yeah. you know, this is basically, again, Roger Penske saying, uh, you need to do this, guys. And them going, okay, yes, sir, Captain, we're on it. And you also have to understand that the Falcons been in V8 supercars for decades. Yes. That is something you do not touch unless yep. you are very sure that you want to open that can of worms. So it's Roger Penske. Already... He wants to open that yeah. can of worms. <laughs> yeah. So sure I, I can tell yeah. you what, I'm sure the reception down under was interesting. It was I can huge, tell you Cisco. That... I'm just going to call a spade a spade. The reaction, not only that Ford is coming back with factory support for both Tickford and DJR team Penske, but that they're bringing the Mustang into the sport. This is a big deal. Australians love their muscle cars, and this was met with wide and raucous applause all the way through. I think the best part about all of it is it's not just Ford Australia. U.S. Ford Performance, yes. Tom, is getting in on this as well. So it's a collaborative effort from across the pond here with the American arm aiding in the Australian rollout, that's huge. Yeah, it is huge. And, you know, even the NHRA situation is is a big deal. I mean, this is this is Ford jumping back into or shall I say, increasing their prominence in national and international motorsport in a very big way. It isn't just, oh hey, we're gonna put a different body on the car. This is Ford making a huge commitment to three huge series and, you know, saying, look, we're, we're back in this. They sort of backed out of supercars a little bit as a factory for a year or two. They, they kind of backed out of NHRA a little bit. And Cisco, now they're, they're back in with both feet and uh, their bank account. So, you know, it's going to be fun to watch this transition take place. And they're talking about eight uh, eight cars for supercars next year with the possibility of more in the future if there's interest. And I think they're already getting phone calls from teams. Yeah. And the, and the biggest thing now to see is what is going to be the GM response, because, you know, with Holden Australia basically being a shell of its former self, we're probably not going to see another Commodore right. come into that series. Honestly, it's probably going to be the Camaro, and that's probably going to come with GM Chevrolet support. So we'll just have to see where that's going to go, Jacob. Okay, let's be clear here, by the way, that Holden, I'm not sure if it's as much of a shell of its former self as you want to believe it is, Cisco. Keep in mind, Red Bull Holden Racing has just rolled out a brand new Commodore well, this yes, year that's but, embarrassing everybody else right now. So, But keep in mind that Holden, the company that made all of the cars down there, basically got hollowed out by GM due to them trying to, you know, close loopholes and stuff and shrink the company. This all, you know, comes back down to, you know, the bailout, everything like that way back. And this is, you know, we're still getting the effects. I mean, this is why they're rolling out the Camaro down there is because 
the the top end uh, Commodores are kind of getting taken away now. Fair enough. Now, I'm curious where you get the eight cars from on the Australian side. I count four Tickford slash Ford Performance Racing entries and two DJ, bleh, DJR Team Penske cars. I'm interested to see where the other two come in. But Tyler Ankrum, I'm curious your thoughts on all of this because you were driving a Toyota over the weekend and yet the Blue Ovals are the ones who are making all the noise here. Yeah, and right now for looking here at all this uh, – commotion Ford's making right now. I think that's a good word to make uh, choose is I think Ford right now is wanting uh, to sit in the throne motorsports wise. You know, for I think over the hist- course of history, you know, back like for instance, Le Mans, you had Porsche versus Ford or, or NASCAR, there's, you know, Chevy versus Ford or now versus it's Dodge or versus, versus Dodge. You know, you know yeah. yeah, it's all that. And I think right now that uh, Ford wants to be on an international stage where they're, they're the guys on top of the hill and I feel like at the moment that they're actually trying to accomplish that. And I think in this Cup, spe- Cup Series especially that they are doing that. And I think they're trying to expand on that. Yeah. I mean, it comes down. I can only think of maybe three top-tier series where they don't compete, you know, between IndyCar, Formula One, and then mm. Blancpain Endurance. Yeah. Apart from that, I mean, you've got anything Rallycross related, mm-hmm. they've covered. Anything NASCAR related, yeah. they've right. covered. V8 supercars, that's done. Anything touring related, I mean, between Trans Am and, you know, those cars as well. We have the new Fury chassis as well. I, I'm i struggling, guys, to think of places Ford isn't anymore, well, and, except right. for obviously F1. They're but. supposed to eventually be, at least motor-wise, in the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Division, too, with uh, later Tony this Stewart year. Racing. Later this year. Um, that's one of those, I'll believe it when I see it, because it was supposed to happen last year. So um, we'll, we'll see. But... This uh, to, to answer the question about where the number eight comes from, that's what Ford said they thought would be the maximum number of cars that they could prepare and have be ready and competitive for 2018. That doesn't necessarily mean, Cisco, they're going to have eight, but just to say that that would be the maximum they felt like they could prepare for. Uh, but that they already uh, had some interest for going forward. So uh, Cisco going to be real interesting on the Australian supercar side of this. Yeah, I'm wondering what the renewal is going to be as far as Nissan goes or anything like that, because there's two cars right there that you might be able to grab. Um, I'm curious to see where, well, obviously Volvo's gone at this point. So I... Yeah, Mercedes not or it could be a case where Penske just gets two more cars and buys out one of the other teams. I wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> well, he he certainly could if he wanted. He's got to. the cash for yeah, it. Not so. sure. Uh, not sure if he wants to do that. But you know, Tyler made a good point when he talked about Ford. You know, wanting to be on the throne. This certainly, I think, another point you can make here is that Ford. The timing of this, whether it was purposeful or not, really is perfect in the sense that they've come out so strong this year on the cup side of things. And they're, th- this lets them kind of capitalize Jacob on all of that, um, you know, commotion as Tyler put it, all of the momentum that they have on the NASCAR side with, you know, these bombshell announcements and you're right. It's going to be interesting to see how Chevy reacts to this. It will be. I also want to add, by the way, that the timing of this and the timing of all of these coming back to back to back was not a coincidence that it happened this week. This week is 
the Ford Mustang's 54th birthday. Uh. They've been celebrating the birthday of the Mustang all week long, and it led up to these announcements and also added one more announcement that the Ford Mustang Cobra Jet drag car is going to be back in production, the 50th anniversary of that machine uh, being celebrated with a new entry this year, and that car will be legal for some NHRA events later this season as well. So that's fun to see. Yes, let's go real quick. a Dodge Demon killer is what that is. That is exactly what that is. (laughs) With that, we'll step aside. When we come back, we got another whole hour, and I've got a whole other page of notes for the Newswire. We've got a lot more stuff to talk about here. Don't go anywhere. We'll continue here on the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety, right after this timeout. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Timmy Salamito, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Hour number two of the Stock Car Show, and it has been a lively one here on the Performance Motorsports Network and on Spreaker as we broadcast live here on a Thursday night inside the Race Chaser Studios here in Charlotte. Performance Motorsports Network Studios as well. Tom Baker, Jacob Seelman. Cisco Scaramuza, Chris Murdoch, and Tyler Ankrum, rookie in the NASCAR K&M Pro East Series, with us 
in studio as well. And we were talking about uh, before the break Ford's big announcements and kind of focusing on the Australian Supercars series. And Jacob, there's been apparently some uh, breaking news just since I did my show prep a few hours ago. And now we actually do have eight Ford Mustangs expected in the uh, Supercars series next year. Yes, we do. Uh, these two teams have been Ford runners in the past. Uh, 23 Red Racing, which is what used to be Lucas Dumbrell Motorsports so the, for those who follow the Supercars Championship, as well as Matt Stone Racing, which ran Fords in the Dunlop Super 2 Series, which is Australia's version of the Xfinity Series, have declared their intentions to upgrade to Ford Mustangs next year as well adding to the two cars from DJR Team Penske and four cars from Tickford Racing, what used to be Ford Performance Racing and then ProDrive Racing Australia. So four plus two plus two by my fifth grade math skills comes out to eight. That's exactly right. Yeah, so there we go. Hey, so I learned something in Lincoln County Public Schools now. We will have the Elite Eight next year, uh, apparently, with potentially more to come in 2019. So... It'll be interesting to see where this goes, but uh, welcome back Ford in a very big way. Uh, we move along on the Newswire, another um, piece of news that isn't necessarily part of this show's wheelhouse, but again, the Newswire serves up what it wishes during the week, and this one was a, a big surprise to me. Apparently, I just haven't been paying close enough attention because nobody else seems surprised, but... Uh, Global Rallycross canceling the remainder of their 2018 season uh, financial issues in that series. Disappointing, to say the least, because I really like that, that discipline of racing, Cisco. And, you know, I hate seeing that for all of the teams that had put in all the money to prepare for the year and, you know, probably had sponsor commitments and such because, you know, that's a situation where now they all have to do something uh, different, whether it's American Rallycross or whatever, but certainly means a change to their situation. Yeah, it's unfortunate to see. And considering what's coming out about just the financial situation yeah. mess, whatever you want to call it, that Dine basically put through the, that whole series through what's starting to come out now is not good and I mean, this was a series that had a lot of popularity just down to the fact that it spawned from what was, you know, motorsports, one of few uh, few events in the X Games and kind of grew its own thing, especially in kind of the rally cross slash kind of dirt boom of the late 2000s. Yeah. Kind of grew from there. And then just, it seemed like everything was fine, you know, a year ago, if you had said, oh, yeah, they're going to be, you know, shutting the doors down. You wouldn't think it. But. This is what happens when you don't pay people. Yeah, and we don't know all of the particulars of the situation, so we really don't want to you know, comment too deeply into that. But certainly, whatever the cause of those financial issues, uh, they do exist. And, you know, it's really unfortunate for, again, the teams and the fans. But, um, you know, we were talking about this before the show, I guess, you know, maybe the the American Rally Cross not really that much different. So perhaps you know the teams sort of drift over that way, Cisco. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's going to be the best thing. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the at least as far as the Olsberg's MSC Fiesta that ran yeah. in Global Rally Cross, not a whole lot needs to change. I think some body panels might have to change to convert it from GRC rules to ARX rules, but that wouldn't be too bad. It would mainly be cosmetic. But uh, the biggest thing is, you know, your va- your factory Volkswagen team that Andretti was working with, they're probably going to end up either going to the Polo or they might just uh, just green light the Beetle and just say, okay, yeah, we can use this in ARX. So we'll just have to find out where that goes. Yeah, it'll be uh, intriguing to follow this, um, but certainly – you know, some choices perhaps for at least some of the teams. And, you know, I, I like that series and I like that kind of style of racing, um, you know, that and the Lucas Oil off-road, uh, those types of, of series are affordable. They're in, and Lucas Oil in particular is really growing in popularity and kind of taking off, um, particularly on the West Coast. And so... Um, be interesting to keep an eye on this as it goes. Uh, we move on in the newswire now and come back to NASCAR, where uh, we had a couple of sponsor announcements uh, over the week just to pass along. Superior Logistics to Go Fast for Matt DiBenedetto at Richmond, Food Lion and Eckrick um, Meats to Richard Petty Motorsports and Bubba Wallace for Richmond. Good to see them pick up another Motorsports partner and oh, yeah. XYO Network to Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, this is a little bit more extensive. Eric Jones, this is the uh, Jones and Jones show. Uh, they're keeping up with the Joneses. They've got two cup starts with Eric Jones and six Xfinity starts with Brandon Jones. So if your last name is Jones and you drive for Joe Gibbs Racing, you've got uh, XYO Network for at least a couple of races this year, Jacob. Yes, and I want to go back to the Food Lion and Eckridge announcement yeah. for Bubba Wallace because I just got a look at that car for this weekend, and that is a it beautiful really piece is. of equipment yeah. that they're putting on track. Great to see Food Lion for us, Tom, is a local company based right here, not too far away from where we are in Mooresville. I think their corporate office is uh, just over, I think, in Salisbury, if I remember correctly. Sure so great to David's. see a local brand, Cisco, jumping on board with Bubba. Uh, this is awesome for that 43 team. And, you know, we were worried about sponsorship for them back at Media Tour when Bubba told us that they only had 13 races, especially after he led laps at Bristol. They're not having any problems selling races, even if they are doing it the old-fashioned way right now and kind of selling them as they go every week. If you if you want to have a real, like, marketing gem, what you should do is have AJ and uh, Bubba go together and have a food fight. That would <laughs> yes. be awesome. Kroger, <laughs> yes. Kroger food line. Kroger versus food yes. line. Grocery I'd, wars. I'd pay money to see that. Get Harris Teeter <laughs> to jump in there and, yeah, Publix. Uh, that, would be, that would be funny. Um, you know, and again, it's, it, this is a situation where it, it, you look at the growing – popularity of Bubba Wallace in the Cup Series. And I think when Wall Street in general really just finally gets it that you've got Bubba and the King together, you've got an iconic uh, brand. You've got two iconic racers, one who's growing into an icon and is trend-setting in his own way, and the other, of course, Chris, who is, well, NASCAR's king. Um, you know, you this is the perfect path.
package here. It's just a matter of enough people seeing what's going on there for one of them to jump in with a bigger check and, you know, eat up some races. Maybe it won't be till 19, but I still think that big sponsor too is coming for them. And, and he's finally gotten out of kind of the growing pains, so to speak yeah. here, Tom, because he's had a lot of, you know, rough starts early on in this season and, and it just wasn't clicking for him. But this time at Bristol, he seemed like he was gelling. He seemed like he was having fun. And you go back to him, him growing as, as a brand with all the fans I mean, just going back when you were at Atlanta with that that picture of him waving at all the fans, they were ready for Bubba to be in Cup Series, and I knew it was kind of murky waters for them for a few races. But to see Food Line to jump on and Eckridge get on there, it's going to be really, really great to see that team finally get some be uh, some some sponsor backing behind them because they really deserve it. Well, yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, in in what you refer to is when I was at Atlanta and I, I happened to be standing in the walkway that kind of uh, linked the motor coach lot that the drivers always stay in to the cup garage. And when Bubba came up the steps out of the motor coach lot to go to his car for final practice on uh, Saturday, I think it would have been, um, it wasn't just a few Bubba fans that went nuts. It was the entire uh, fan base that was surrounding the fence. It didn't matter what shirt they were wearing. They went nuts for Bubba. Very loud applause. It shocked me, and I think it really kind of shocked him, Tyler. But, you know, definitely a situation where you know yourself when you make an adjustment at the next level. Now, you know, you, you obviously uh, have made a quick adjustment in K&M, but... You've had a couple situations in late models where you've gone from one, you know, kind of crew chief to another, and it can take some time to gel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, being going back to Bubba Wallace, you know, leading at Bristol, and I, I think leading at Bristol is what that team really needed. Yes. for them, it builds confidence, and not only does it build them confidence, is you know, maybe there might be a kid watching the television, just like, hey, that guy's actually good. I'm going to root for him next yeah. weekend. And I think you know, being at Bristol. Uh, the aerodynamics don't mean as much, and maybe equipment doesn't mean mean as much. And yet, you can be more hands with the race car. I think it's really important because we we saw it with Jimmy Johnson. We finished; he ran third. That was the first top five, the first top three finish yeah. he had all year. Well, it, yeah. it takes a really good run, and he actually shows how good their cars actually are. They just yes. need a little bit of time to figure it out. And I think that's what's happening with Bubba Wallace. You know, we're going back to another half mile at Richmond Speedway, which will be another good place for him to uh, show what they can do. Because, you know, you actually have to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, three quarters of a mile track. And, and the thing is, Bubba, you know, again, leading that race, great visibility for him. And that's what, you know, I think people are people saw him drive to the front and take the lead. And that's that's what needs to happen here. The more he does that, I do believe the more that uh, you'll see companies getting behind him. We're going to step aside when we come back more uh, conversation here on the stock car show don't go anywhere we've still got plenty of time left you're listening to the show on spreaker and the performance motorsports network how to be a great dad in 15 seconds bike ride go fish walk in the park phone call milkshake play catch picnic fly a kite tell jokes laugh talk read a story tell a story bumper car swing set bowling pillow fight cut loose stay tight Whew. because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life take time to be a dad today Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. 
Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, I'm Brandon McReynolds, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Hey, that's convenient. We were talking about him earlier and Tyler's headbanging. And talking about... Is that Metallica? It was the... Yeah, of course it is, from the from the Black Album. Yeah. My favorite Metallica it. album, besides the one with the How symphony. How could you hear that and not think it's Metallica? It's, it's so it's obviously Metallica. Yeah, yeah, James Hetfield. That's uh, the, one of the most... There are, only, there are three uh, just unmistakable voices in rock music. One of them is Hetfield, Getty Lee from Rush, and uh, the lead singer from Journey, uh, uh, Steve Perry. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, welcome back Ryan to the Johnson show. Just to prove that we will talk about you, anything <laughs> as everybody talks around me, I'm going to take control of the show back. And just to prove that we will talk about anything on the Stock Car Show comes this breaking news out of the IndyCar ranks. Well, sort of. IndyCar champion Scott Dixon will compete on American Ninja Warrior? It's That's not good. the first IndyCar driver to do it either. Scott Dixon will actually be IndyCar driver number five, Tom, to compete on the show I since remember 2016. Yeah, Elio Castroneves did it. See, Tony Kanaan did it. Joseph Newgarden did it in 2016. And then Connor Daly did it last year in San Antonio. The show is back in Indianapolis for one of their regional qualifiers ah. this year. And you know what? Scott Dixon, Cisco, I would argue, is the most qualified IndyCar driver from a physical fitness standpoint in the entire paddock. He ought to complete the course. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think if we could have a race between him and maybe Jimmy Johnson in yes, terms of something I was just like thinking this, that. that would be amazing. Well, maybe, but I'll tell you what, the the type of training that Jimmy does, not to demean it, just to say it's different. It's different, yes. The 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 guys like Dixie Cup and 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 a lot of the IndyCar guys and the open wheel guys over in Indy that work out at Pit Fit, that that training center the type of training that you do there is just so geared towards something like this. Um, you know, and, and I agree. I could see him actually completing the course. It's really, I think it's great because, see, anytime you can get one of your, if you're IndyCar, one of your big-name drivers out there into the mainstream on something that your demographic pays attention to, that's going to get some new fans into the series, especially if he goes there and competes well. Uh, that's that's going to bring some new fans to IndyCar, I'm sure, and that doesn't hurt at all. You're right, Tom. And if we were going to pin up a, a NASCAR driver against an IndyCar guy, I would I would much rather put my money on Casey Kane because uh, seeing some of his workout, he yeah. does he does yeah. a he does a, a heavy heavy body workout and i feel like he could be a, a, a driver in the nascar yeah. realm what about mark back up on american ninja well Warrior. yeah even at mark's advanced age i wonder because yeah. he's still hanging and banging i last time all the hulk hogan stuff it was i think it was mark martin's final year at cup i saw him walk through the garage he was just it was after qualifying i think it was at charlotte oh yeah and that guy looked like papa like you remember to pop yeah. out the huge arms i was like yeah jeez this really guy's does. 60 years old. Yeah, he he still uh, trains to rap music. Hip hop music is what he what he trains to now. It's funny, you know. But yeah, it's it. This is really kind of a cool deal. And I, I think anytime, like I said, you get him out and have him do something like that, that's great promotion for for Dixon's brand. It's great for the show, obviously, um, Chris, and it's great for uh, IndyCar as well. And and it goes back to you know. Uh, what was it? Uh, the Amazing Race. They had a Team IndyCar on that, and that proved well for Team IndyCar, Cisco. And uh, it was it was really good for IndyCar as a brand, and we talked about that when they got eliminated. And, and now to see them branching out and doing some more fitness stuff and doing some more uh, American Ninja Warrior stuff, that's always good to see IndyCar branching out. Cisco? Yeah, it is. And uh, speaking, because you can tell it's almost May because all of this news suddenly coming out of Indianapolis. And uh, we also got a quick look at the uh, pace car that's going to be pacing the 2018 Indy 500. One of those brand new Corvette ZR1s with uh, the giant spoiler. And that was from Zach Horrell out of the Indy Star and one of my classmates. But yeah, it's going to be about May because all of a sudden a bunch of these racing headlines all have the uh, the location name of uh, Indianapolis. So it's getting to be yeah. about that time. Yeah, you know, it's getting to be spring when the indie posts start coming back on social media, uh, which I love. That's fantastic. Um, let's uh, stay with the NASCAR theme for a minute or get back to the NASCAR theme from the truck series. Uh, two things. The UNOH 200 at Bristol for the trucks moved from Wednesday, August 15th to Thursday, August 16th, along with the wheel and modified tour race. So, Jacob, three days of racing at uh, Bristol in the fall. I don't know about this. I do. I'm pumped. Three straight days. Three straight yeah, days. Three um, straight days. It'll be interesting, though. I guess the schedule would be the same for those two divisions, but, yeah. you know... Just less time on the track. No. 
No. No. Well, wait, hold on. You didn't let me finish. Less time on the track for the other, because didn't Xfinity and Cup have some sort of practice on Thursday usually? No, Thursday was traditionally a dead day. Okay. It's a two-day, it's always been a two-day schedule for Xfinity and Cup at Bristol. So it basically just condenses everything to three days. So that will now be a Thursday night show. Hold, hold that because I, I did stop and think about what I said. Xfinity had practice. Cup was a two-day schedule. Xfinity did have practice Okay, on see, Thursday. I thought so. Um, but so now it, Xfinity just, will have what, less practice. What this practice. is going to do is just make it a very, 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 very early Friday morning is yeah, what it's going to do. exactly. So And less wiggle room in case of weather in, you know, gee, I, I, Bristol, I don't know. Do they have any weather up there? Uh, Every day. Yeah. The weather follows NASCAR wherever NASCAR goes. Yeah. They follow uh, them on the West it, Coast. They followed them back to the East Coast. Yeah, they just can't get it, rid of it. Every single NASCAR weekend since the Daytona 500 has been impacted by weather in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Rain, snow, sleep. Even not a club? Yeah, I think, uh, they, well, that might have been the exception. I don't know if they had any weather there. But uh, no Where? One... Auto Club. Yes. They did, really? One of the practice days I w- was affected somehow by weather. I remember Mike Joy specifically saying this on Sunday during the pre-race show that every single weekend since the Daytona 500 had been impacted by weather somehow. Hmm. So, three days at Bristol and uh, talking about truck series as well. Truck racer Noah Gregson making his debut in the Xfinity Series this weekend for JGR at Richmond. He'll run Talladega and Dover as well. This one is going to be interesting, Chris, because I feel like Noah has the potential to be strong in the Xfinity Series, but this is a big adjustment for him. This is uh, coming from the truck series and making that big leap is going to be hard for him. And I think he knows that because listening to some of the interviews and some of the media he's done this week, he knows it's going to be tough for him and he knows it's going to be a challenge, but he's ready for it. And if anybody can tackle it, I think Noah Gregson can be prepared. Go out there and just learn a few things around the track. Learn about the car. Don't go out there and and just try to go all gung-ho and and try to get the – just go out there, run your race, run the car, see where it gets you, and and just try to bring it home in one piece, especially at Richmond. And as Noah makes his debut in the Xfinity series – at Richmond, making his debut, moving up from Xfinity to Cup, is Daniel Hemrick. Flipper. Yep, who will be a backflip junior, who will be competing in the number eight, Chris, a Richard Childress racing entry. And I can't wait to see this because I think Daniel understands what he's up against here. And of course, everybody will qualify. So it's really going to be just about bringing it home in one piece and trying to learn as much as he can, uh, you know, he's going to get another starter too this year as well. Daniel is so optimistic and he is the most deserving uh, out of anybody I can think of in the, uh, you know, Xfinity Series garage right now to get that shot and to go up there. He's worked his tail off these past few years at RCR and to finally get up there in the eight and, and have uh, some sponsor backing for him at Richmond. It's going to be amazing to see him drive that car and, and see exactly what he can do in that Chevy. Yeah, I've, I've always been a fan of Daniel. You know, Daniel's such a nice guy. It's like he's like almost too nice. Like You just can't get over how nice the guy is. You know, we're racing- on the racetrack. We're we were at the we were at Kern County Raceway. We're about to do uh, driver introductions. We're we're behind the stage, and I'm just sitting there, 
just mind my own business, not really talking to anyone, starting to get ready for the race. And he just walks up behind me, pats me on the shoulder, goes, hey, buddy, what do you think this race is going to go? I looked at him, I was like, why are you asking me? I mean, you're you're driving Xfinity cars. You've done it all. I was like, I don't, you don't need to ask me. So he's just a really nice guy, really easy to talk to. And like you said, uh, he's really uh, – no, no one is more deserving that, than that guy because – He's just he's hung around for so long. He's yeah. worked so hard, and he's really talented. And he's really, uh, I'm I'm really excited to see what he's gonna do. Yeah, I think we all are. Daniel Hemrick and Ryan Priest, who have both made waves in the last couple of weeks, are two prime examples in this current climate of how hard work and raw talent still pays dividends even at the NASCAR National Series level. And for me, that's what sticks out about. Daniel going into this weekend for his first ever cup start at Richmond. Glad to see uh, Richard Childress Racing being able to find the sponsorship to take him up a level and really show what he can do. He'll have one more start on the Roval at Charlotte in the fall for sure. And who knows, if he runs well, we may even see a couple of more. You just never know. With that, we're going to step aside when we come back. Who knows what we'll get into. We've got more to come here on the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport. You're listening to the program live on Spreaker and on the Performance Motorsports Network. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach so call bsr today 304-725-8444 give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway that's 304-725-8444 you hear that that's the sound of america's only sports car that's right it's a corvette but not just any corvette it's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, Camping World Truck, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the HMS staff is always ready to take the time to help you find the right product for your safety needs. 
Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop in to HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Cole Custer, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. Welcome back to the Stock Car Show. Still about 30 minutes left in the program. And by the way, for those of you who may not be able to catch us live uh, when we air on Thursday nights every week, you have a ton of options to listen to the on-demand podcast version of this show. We don't... uh, we, we don't detract anything. It's still the full two-hour show. You can either catch it on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spreaker, TuneIn, and we're going to be on uh, Spotify pretty quickly uh, in the next week or two. And what you need to do is just search for, in any one of those uh, formats, any one of those uh I guess, uh, platforms, you can search Race Chaser Radio and subscribe to it. Make sure you subscribe. And um, Spreaker, actually, uh, we're going to uh, soon have an app, courtesy of Spreaker, that will let you get the show through the app and also be able to chat with us in show while we're broadcasting through the Spreaker app. That's going to be coming up pretty quickly as well. So trying to make as many ways for you to be able to listen to the show if you can't hear the live broadcast just pick whatever uh, platform you're on the most search race chaser radio and then hit the uh, subscribe button for us and um, you'll be able to get it there so uh, as we continue here Jacob I think you have some breaking news no you didn't do it right so I'll do it for you well I can't that's your sound effect not mine breaking news there you go all right so Here's a story that has popped up and uh, made some noise over the last couple of hours. Starting Sunday, thousands of Mexican officials and race fans alike are going to be gathering from Ensenada to San Jose del Cabo on the lookout for a snake on four wheels. And if you're curious, yes, I meant that exactly the way that I said it because the snake, Don Prudhomme, is coming back into racing. He'll be driving in the five-day National Off-Road Racing Association, or NORA, Mexican 1000 Off-Road Rally in Baja, Mexico. He's going to be trying to take part in the race 50 years after trying to make the same race in 1968. He's waited five decades to do this. He's doing it at the age of 77. And, Tom, it's almost a quarter century after he retired from drag racing at the end of the 1994 NHRA season. How wild is that? I love this. Just make sure you keep him away from uh, Vinnie Miller, you know, the snake tamer. He's a snake tamer, yeah. That's uh, very interesting. I don't know, Cisco. We got... 
Dom Perdome coming out of retirement at 77. Herschel McGriff coming out of retirement at 90. At 90. Meanwhile, what we have is Morgan Shepard looking at both of them going, uh, here, hold my beer. I've been doing I, I, And actually, Red Farmer's looking at all three of them going, are you serious? I just turned 122. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I think 90 is the new 35. Now, yeah. I guess is what we're learning. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. At least when it comes to racing. By the way, I, I, I want to expand more on the Herschel McGriff thing in a couple minutes, but I do want to add that Herschel McGriff is actually older than Red Farmer, I believe. I you might want to check that. I'm not really sure if that's the case. I, I actually think uh, if, if they're very close, if if that's true. But uh, yeah, anyways, it's uh, interesting to see all of these drivers. Bobby Labonte running the Euro Series. I mean, heck, even uh, Jennifer Joe Cobb is going to get a Euro Series start here coming up. Um, so lots of things going on with, you know, you got this whole youth movement and it's like all of a sudden, you know, a bunch of the, uh, the retired guys are looking yeah. at that going, uh, hang on just a second. Yeah, here. All we... the old guys got tired of young kids <laughs> taking on the spotlight. Yeah. They want a piece of the action now. Cisco? Does this mean Daryl's going to drive a truck again? Is that going to happen? <laughs> what? Actually. Remember that when the, that was like, oh, three, when he did that, I forget. I, like forever, I think, maybe 01 even, but he did that. Yes, uh, Chris? Go ahead, Chris. Dell Jr.'s uh, already posting tweets of him in old fire suits, so he's not ready to hang it up yet. He's ready to jump well, back in the car when he's ready. Well, he's got <laughs> another start. It's like a year old. Yeah, I know. exactly. You got another start. He's going to start coming up the fall Richmond race, exactly. the Xfinity Series. That'll be funny. But, uh, you know, I think Dale would really, honestly, I think he'd like to run some late model racing races but um somehow i think cisco that um mrs earnhardt is going to ha have something to say in that because um uh, baby coming along very quickly now you know what i'd like to see since one of them's out of retirement and one is closer to it than we might think i'd love to see junior and jimmy johnson run the baja 1000 with jimmy as the main driver because you know jimmy came from an off-road racing background i think that would be awesome to see I want to circle back for a minute to the dispute we were having a minute ago as to uh, the who's older, Herschel McGriff or Red Farmer. Okay. This from the International Motorsports Hall of Fame, which has Red's birth year listed as 1928, but multiple other sources listing his birth date as October 15, 1932. He was asked once by Stock Car Racing Magazine, Red, Red Farmer was. You've been coy about your age over the years. I've read that you were born in 1928, 1929, or maybe even 30 or 31. What year, what year was it? And Red tells him, hey, I ain't sure. When I was born, I was too young to read the birth certificate. The interviewer <laughs> followed up with, we'll just go with 1928. How's that? Well, and Red says, there's so many that I can't even figure it out. I ain't even sure myself anymore. My math skills have deteriorated a bit, but um, if you take 90 and add 28, you come up with 2018 in my book. It, it, Herschel is older, not by much. Okay. Herschel well, was born at the very beginning of 28. Stat so. boy splitting hairs over there. I'm splitting uh, hairs, but yeah, Herschel McGriff is older, but not by much. But Red Farmer's never stopped racing is the larger point here uh, and is is still very competitive in what he, he races on the dirt tracks, too. It's, it's really cool. Yes. Um, okay, so going back to uh, going back to a point that that Cisco made, you know, you look at you look at these drivers, and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about even 
the the idea of Junior doing some other. I would really like to see him do some uh, some more sports car racing because he actually showed some talent for that. You know, until he had the fire and then didn't do anymore. Yeah, Sonoma. I'd love to see him do some IMSA races, maybe the twenty four with somebody or something. Maybe maybe you could have a showdown between the two retirees. Put Elio versus Junior. <laughs> what what a what, how about a media bonanza on that one? That would be awesome. How Somebody about, make that happen. I've just, had two great ideas already: the food <laughs> fight and then Elio versus Junior in sports cars. Somebody please let me do this. After the after the podcast that Junior had with Kyle Busch this week, I would like to see Elio and Junior do a podcast together. I just yeah. that would be yes. just great. Great uh, listening for sure. Uh, cars lining up for uh, the showdown, Denny Hamlin showdown at Langley. If you uh, want to flip over, you can't turn the sound on. You have to keep listening to us. We got about 20 minutes more to talk to you here, but uh, you, you go over and uh, click on um, the uh, fanschoice.tv. Uh, it starts at nine o'clock. The fanschoice.tv broadcast starts right at nine as we're going off the air. So yeah. they don't have to choose, Tom. No, you don't have to choose. But just if you want to turn it on, just look and see what the cars are like and all of that. If you're not real familiar with uh, Langley Speed or whatever, the uh, cars are lining up for the showdown. So that should be fun, uh, Jacob. It should be. Can I expand on Herschel McGriff for a minute? I mean, I know Herschel fill, would love that. We could fill a whole show talking yeah, about Herschel really McGriff, could. honestly. But I want to talk about the fact that he is making a comeback to the NASCAR K&N Pro Series West next month in the Twin 100s at Tucson Speedway in Arizona, Tom. And this is a big deal. He's setting the K&N Pro Series West oldest driver record at 90 years of age. He was born in December of 1927 for those who are playing the yep. win at home game. That There will be a pop quiz on that later. Herschel is, I think, third as far as wins in the series with 37, if memory serves me correctly. He's run at Tucson in the past. And by the way, not only is he racing – He's racing for the best team in the series. He's going to drive for his old friends at Bill McAnally Racing, Tom. Bill said, I want to give Herschel his 90th birthday present. Doggone it, we're going to put him in a race car. And you know what? Not only is Herschel still probably one of the most in-shape drivers that's in that field, he legitimately believes he can go out and win this race. Well, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, how he competes, and I think he'll find the cars to be a bit different than uh, what he was used to driving when he first got out of it. But uh, nonetheless, I think uh, certainly he'll have a blast, and I do think he can be competitive, without a doubt. I mean, it's, you know, the, um, the K&M Pro Series West is not super deep when it comes to, you know, the, the, a comparison, for example, to the East series, um, you know, you, you've you've basically got the Bill McAnally cars and then you've got everybody else on the West side of that. And, um, you know, I think that uh, it would be interesting to see Herschel jump into that equipment and go out there and chase a win. Well, he's going to get the chance the first weekend in May. Not only is he going to drive a Bill McAnally car, and let me add to that, by the way, that the reason he's driving a Bill McAnally car, he's going to carry his famed number 04 on the yep. side. But 
how this all partially came about was the fact that back in 2001, when Brendan Gaughan was on his way to a championship with Bill McAnally Racing in the K&M Pro Series West, Herschel McGriff was his teammate at yep. Bill McAnally Racing, which is why now the primary sponsor on Herschel's car for the Tucson event is South Point Hotel and Casino. The Gone family loved this idea so much that they're jumping on board, supporting it alongside BMR, Napa Auto Parts. That is going to be a fun deal. Not only is Herschel driving on that night, he's also playing the national anthem on his <laughs> trombone. No, wow. I'm not joking. <laughs> well, I don't know, Tyler. I, I was going to ask you what, you would think about going up against uh, a seasoned veteran like Herschel McGriff, but I, the last I knew anyway, I don't think you have even the slightest skill at trombone. So he may have you yeah, there. I think I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> I, I played, I played, I played the marching tuba in like the sixth grade. I'll never do it again. Are you, are, are you big enough to even carry a tuba? Tyler? Yeah, totally. I, I was big enough, but I struggled. You I'll struggled? just say that. It was Riding the struggle bus. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's uh <laughs> I immediately switched over to chorus class. I was like, no, I'm good. There you go. <laughs> Tom. Yes? In addition to all of that, Herschel's son is going to be racing at Tucson in one of the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series classes that night, as well as his granddaughter, Mariah, who is going to be pulling double duty, including comp competing in the headlining late model class that night. How awesome is that? Three generations all racing on the same night, maybe all winning on the same night. Who knows? Well, one never knows. That's for sure. That's uh, that's going to be an interesting night, honestly, to uh, to see that going on. And one more, uh, while we have a minute or two, one more little newswire item that I'll mention: um, Roush Fenway Racing announcing this week that all three of Ricky Stenhouse's partners, Fifth Third Bank, Fastenal, and Sunny D, are back through two thousand. 21 and this is a big deal because all a these people deal. that want to say the sky is falling and sponsors are running away from nascar well here's three of them that have all re-signed now three for the years. next three more three seasons cisco yep. but tom the sky's falling everything's yeah. crashing the yeah. sponsors are exactly. running away yeah yeah it's a dumpster fire yeah they're all running away okay with that we're going to take a break when we come back our lightning round. Oh, oh this boy. should be fun. Here on the Stock Car Show, you're listening to the Stock Car Show presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. Catch them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com for all of your safety needs. And we step aside. We return here on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. 
Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. I'm Dalton Sargent. You're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. Sarge bringing us back for our final segment of the evening here this is the lightning round where we basically just go around the table and talk about well whatever we feel like it's kind of a an open line friday kind of thing only we do it on thursday night and uh we do have the denny hamlin short track showdown going on or getting ready to get the green flag as we wrap up this show so i guess uh i'll start this by going around the table really quickly and let's pick a winner here. Chris Murdoch, you can start. Will it be Kyle Busch or Kyle Busch? Uh, no, it won't be Kyle Busch. Uh, I, I, I want to go with kind of an underdog and say Timothy Peters. Agreed. Oh, Tyler Ankrum sneaking in a second for Timothy Peters. Jacob Seelman. Hmm. You know what? I shockingly think that it is not going to be a NASCAR guy that wins this race. I'm going to mm. go with not only the driver who starts on the pole, but the guy who has won umpteen, well, five championships at Larry King Law's Langley Speedway. I'm taking Danny Edwards for the win in this one tonight. Once again, Jacob going out on the two-inch limbs. It's Let's not go. a two-inch limb when it's there's five close. NASCAR <laughs> guys in the field. Just saying. He's on the pole by yeah, a mile. I, I got to agree with Jacob on this one, and if I'm not agreeing with Jacob, I'm also agree agreeing with Chris. I like Peters, and I like the track champ as well. But so you got to pick one. Either he, of them. This Edwards, is not politics. 
Okay. So two for Edwards, and we got two votes for two. Three wow. for Peters, actually. Uh, yeah, actually, three for, yeah. Um, well, I mean, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll be the lone wolf then. Kyle Busch wins this race because Denny Hamlin won't. Um, or shouldn't anyway, <laughs> but no, Kyle Busch, I think, for the win here. And by the way, I'm going to send a prop out to Ryan Vargas. Isn't this Denny Hellen's home track? Yeah, it yeah, is. Well, that's a, hey, that is a good reason why he should yeah. win the race. Right. <laughs> but it, Ryan Vargas uh, in the Rev Racing late model actually qualifying 15th for this one. And good job for Ryan. He's a rookie with Rev Racing this year in the K&M Pro E Series. Finished 13th at Bristol with a car that looked like a street stock by the time it was yeah. over because it was such a crash fest there. But uh, he survived it and did well, Jacob, and got uh, got a 13th out of it and um, qualified 15th out of the 33 cars here, which is a really good effort for him. I'm going to offer one dark horse for everybody to keep their eyes on and also remind you that if you want to watch the race, uh, I know for those who are listening in podcast form, the race will already be over. But for those listening live, if you want to watch the race, dial up fanschoice.tv. Right. And you can watch all the calamity of 200 laps. My dark horse for this race, however, is the guy who starts 11th, but is a four-time NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series national champion and has turned plenty of laps yep. at Langley Speedway. Keep an eye on the old wily veteran, Philip Morris. Philip I Morris. think he's going to have something to say before this is over. And yeah. he's been good this year, hasn't he? Yeah, yes, he has. Yeah, he has. Yes, he has. Well, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so Where, Cisco, is Lee pulling him in the field? Uh, no, I don't he think he is we, not. He is not That's running. Interesting. No, it's not Myrtle Beach. So yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. All right, Cisco, you got a lightning round question. I'll let you uh, lead off with the first one. So in the spirit of the Mustang being announced as the next entry for Ford in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, I go to everybody here who is available to answer at least, and if you could pick one car from either the pages of history or wherever that you would like to turn into a Gen 6 race car, what would it be? Mr. Murdoch. Wait, what was the question again? Ask again. <laughs> Any car from the pages of history, whenever you want, that you would turn into a Gen 6 Cup car. Uh, any car that I would turn, uh, uh, I mean, I would have to go Dodge. I miss Dodge. Me too. And they kind of got outed, so I would go with Dodge. Me? Can I go next? Yes, go Jacob. The Plymouth Superbird. A Gen 6 version of the Superbird. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be cool. Yeah, You said any car, Cisco, and yeah. gosh darn it, that would be badass. Yes, I agree. Um, Tom, who, do you, who, who would you bring uh, into the Gen 6? I think I'm going to just agree with that answer because the Superbird is one of my all-time favorite cup cars. I wasn't sure exactly what you meant by the question, but I guess you were uh, take any, any car as it is is as it looks and turn it into sort of a gen six type design yep. and legal okay yeah the Superbird would be great for me i i either the Superbird or i really loved the old amc matador that bobby allison yeah. used to drive yes um, that's another one you know that that was just such a cool uh cool looking car and kind of a little bit of a different shape for a stock car so it would have to be between those two if i'm keeping it in the cup family mr ankrum i have a few but uh 
I would say the Plymouth Spoiler 2. That was one of my favorite cars back then in the Winston Cup series. Wow. That's that's a little bit of a throwback. I know that's it is a throwback. Yeah, that was that was a uh, that was one of my favorite cars growing up, and that was actually one of the cars that they made uh, specifically for NASCAR, and it was originally supposed to become a model uh, on the road. It was supposed to become legal on the road, like the early '70s. I think it was like a '72 they came out with it, and uh, that was one of my favorite cars growing up. So I think if you can make a Gen Six body out of the uh, Plymouth Spoiler Two, that would be one of them. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out a question here that's kind of more specifically for Tyler since he's here and he's a young driver coming up and we're talking about history a little bit and and you could give the same answer but maybe you, it, it'll be a, a slightly different because of the way I'm going to phrase the question if you could pick any era of NASCAR Cup we'll just call it Cup because it's been through several. Types of cup. Yeah. Any era of NASCAR cup and any team that you could run for in any era, who would you drive for and why? That's tough there because I wouldn't say back and back then, like teams, it, it wasn't really teams. It was drivers. Drivers bounced around a lot back then. Like at one point, you know, Dale Earnhardt was driving for a Ford, a Chevy, a uh, super board. you know he was he drove for so many different uh cars that's the way i always looked at it as their manufacturers back then but well if i had a you know pick a driver to be a uh, a teammate with i mean you really couldn't go wrong with uh being the in the richard petty stable or the Childers stable or you know even being re recent or when rick hendrick started going so and i've always been a hendrick fan I, ever ever since i was a little kid actually when I was like six years old, that's this is when I became a Jimmy Johnson fan. It was when I went to Auto Club. So okay. honestly, if I had to pick, if I had to pick a team to race for, it would probably uh, 80s, early 90s of Hendrick Motorsports. That see, that's exactly where I would go if I were being asked, Tyler, that same question. Actually, I would go mid to late 90s when Hendrick Motorsports got on their first really huge role between Terry Labonte and Jeff Gordon. That yeah. mid to late 90s era where they were just unbeatable just about anywhere they yeah. went. If if I'm picking a Hendrick Motorsports car to jump in, that five or seven year stretch right there is exactly when I'd have wanted to do it because there was about nothing under the sun that could beat them at yeah. that point. Cisco? Mine's probably a little bit more novel, but comes from me having dived into the history books over the last week. And I would actually be teammates with the guy who raced in the Cup Series from 71 to 77. And I would be teammates with the late David Cisco because we would be Cisco and Cisco. And it would be amazing. <laughs> That's Cisco awesome. and Cisco show. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Well, I suppose then I should say I would want to be Buddy Baker's teammate uh, with any one of the number of teams that he raced for because then it would be the Baker, 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 Baker. show. Uh, however, that is not my answer, although this is one of the teams that Buddy raced for in his long and storied history. There's only one team that I would, if I could pick a team, I would absolutely want to race for the wood brothers and i would absolutely want to do it in the mid 70s era with the mercury montego style uh car that they had back then that david pearson drove that car not only was bad fast but it was just cool looking and they were the first team i think to really do the whole team uniform team color thing mm -hmm. and man they they just for for a little while there, they were absolutely 
in terms of the whole picture, they were the iconic team, and I loved that car. Yes, absolutely. 1976 Daytona 500, anybody? That was the car. Yes, yes. Chris, you want to weigh in on this? Um, I'll go with nostalgia just because we drove by it a lot when I was down there the weekend uh, this past uh, uh, late 90s. Early thousands DEI, just because I'm sad to see drive by that shop a lot and see that it's it's, it's not in use anymore. It's just uh, they still it's have, sitting there. They still use their CNC machines over there. We have a, we still uh, we do a few things over there. I think I have a two barrel carburetor that came out of that shop. Okay, few, well, it's good to go. see. At least it's getting some use. Besides yeah. the museum. Uh, okay, Jacob, take us out of here. All right, folks, that's a checkered flag on this edition of the Stock Car Show. And as always, we want to thank Bob Steele, Sue Mason, all the folks at the Performance Motorsports Network that help us to make this show possible. Also, a special thanks to, once again, having Tyler Ankrum back in studio with us. We yeah, always love you. it when you yeah. come by, Tyler. It's always a great time. So I have fun doing this. For Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, and Chris Murdoch, I'm Jacob Seelman reminding you to keep it off the wall. And if you're headed to a racetrack this weekend, we hope you have a safe racing weekend, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Folks, we'll be back here on Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern, live on Spreaker and the Performance Motorsports Network. Until then, good, good night. You've been listening to the Stock Car Show on the Performance Motorsports Network. Stay tuned to Performance Motorsports Network for more race talk. For the latest motorsports news, visit racechaseronline.com. The Stock Car Show is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network. www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section on the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-host, and guests, and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the Stock Car Show returns on Thursday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, stay tuned for more great motorsports programming on the Performance Motorsports Network.